Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome, everyone, to another really fun episode of Indie Reads Aloud. I can tell you it's going to be a fun episode because I just spoke with our author, uh, Libby Kay, in the green room, and we're already having a good time. So <laughs> this is going to be fun. So Libby Kay is here today to read for us. Um, she is an author of contemporary romance. So if you're a romance person, turn up the volume have fun. This is going to be a good thing. Libby, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's got to be fun. I love <laughs> happily ever after. I love people falling in love and I love people reading out loud to me. So perfect. I'm, I'm thinking this is the literary <laughs> trifecta here. Right? <laughs> Not a bad way to spend a day. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. So let me tell everybody a little bit about you. Perfect. Libby, Libby Kay lives in a city in the heart of the Midwest with her husband. Um, she's hiding in Ohio, but we're not going to tell you exactly where. <laughs> when she's not writing, Libby loves reading romance novels of any kind. She's a librarian, so that makes this really second nature to her. She loves contemporary or regency, sweet or hot. As long as there is a happily ever after, she's in love. When not surrounded by books, Libby can be found baking in her kitchen or on the road with her husband traveling as far as their bank account will allow. That's, that's a great goal. I like that goal. Thank you. It's, it's, it's how we live. We love it. <laughs> I'm liking that plan. That's good. So today, Libby's going to read a book called Falling Home. This is part of a series, right, Libby? Yes, this is book one in the Buckeye Falls series. Um, so it, this one is a Christmas story, but the others that will be coming out uh, starting in 2023 are, um, they'll just be, you know, regular, not Well, seasonal. then this is perfect timing <laughs> exactly. to have this reading. It's wonderful. <laughs> so about the book Falling Home. When New York transplant Ginny Mayer returns to her small hometown to help her father recover from surgery, she isn't looking for any complications. No Christmas caroling, no cookie decorating, and certainly no time spent with her ex-husband, Max. The trouble is she's looped into helping with the Christmas Jubilee, and a certain ex is her planning partner. Now, all her plans to avoid Max disappear in a puff of tinsel. Does tinsel really puff? Uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but sh can she resist his charms? Oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is an amazing 
intro to what I'm sure is a lovely love story. And it's Christmas. It's an ex-husband. It's a, they were thrown back together again. I'm looking forward to this. this oh, good. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Anybody who wants to know more about the book or find links to Libby and her work, all of that is in our show notes. So please dive right in and enjoy that. Libby, when you are ready, please take the microphone and read aloud. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to start at the beginning. So this is chapter one of Falling Home. Ginny Meyer glanced at her phone for the third time in two minutes. Was time standing still? From her spot in the rental car line, she knew it would be another five minutes before she got to the front. An elderly woman in an ugly Christmas ensemble stood perched at the edge of the counter, explaining all the reasons she couldn't drive a stick shift. Once again, Ginny looked at, looked at the time and grimaced. She promised her dad she'd be on the road over an hour ago. After taking a cleansing breath, Ginny took in her surroundings. Despite the fact that most people were still digesting their Thanksgiving leftovers, the rental store had already decked the halls. Piney wreaths hung from the front and of the kiosk and tinny Christmas carols filtered through the overhead speakers. As a girl, Ginny had loved Christmas. Their traditions, the movies, the presents, the cookies covered in edible glitter, Christmas brought back some of her favorite childhood memories. Christmas also brought back one of the most painful memories of her life, especially since she was mere hours away from facing her past head on. Nope, she would not. She would save her soul searching for the road to Ohio. Right now in New York, she had enough to handle, starting with the festive troublemaker in front of her. You see, dear, the woman said over the barrier at the kiosk, I asked for a different car. The clerk bit her lip and forced a professional smile. Yes, ma'am. As I said, we can give you a compact car, but it won't be in the evergreen color. All we have available is black. The, ever, uh, the elderly woman leaned on her heels as if driving a black car was grounds for a nervous breakdown. But dear, it's Christmas time. I can't show up in Pennsylvania in something that isn't festive. To punctuate her point, she waved down at her dress. Santa himself couldn't have designed a more festive frock. Red and green stripes covered the older woman from neck to knees. A candy cane wrapped in tinsel or wrapped in twinkle lights would be more tasteful. Ginny stifled a groan as the clerk nodded and asked for a manager to assist her. Ginny didn't see what all the fuss was about. A car was a car. Who cared if it was green, black, or purple? Behind her, another customer cleared his throat and gestured at his watch with an expression that was anything but jolly. We all have places to go, he mumbled, loud enough for the older woman to hear. Pulling herself to her full height of barely five feet, the older woman stomped back to the man and pointed with a gnarled finger. Young man, I would appreciate some patience and kindness. You'll get your turn as soon as I'm finished. There's no need to be rude this close to Christmas. She nodded at her words and turned before he could respond. His jaw was still cemented to the floor long after his dressing down. Ginny hazarded a glance over her shoulder and saw the man was as red as the woman's sweater. Apparently, no one wanted to be scolded by Mrs. Claus in public. Fifteen minutes later, Ginny was behind the wheel of her own rental car. It turns out the rental company didn't have evergreen cars available, but the woman got a sedan in a beautiful cherry red. Ginny took the black car and was happy to be out on the road. Living in New York City meant she rarely drove herself anywhere, so she relished the feel of the open road and minimal traffic once she made it to the highway outside city limits. Granted, she couldn't get to Indy 500 speeds, but Ginny settled for above 55. Pushing the controls on the steering wheel, she tried to find a radio station that wasn't playing Christmas carols, but it was no use. Every station had a jingle bell, a Rudolph, or a crooner lamenting his blue Christmas. She had enough and stabbed the radio off with her thumb. I don't need music. It's only, 
Her words stalled as she calculated the length of her solo journey. Uh, about 10 hours? She asked the empty car. Clicking the car's GPS alerted her that nearly 10 hours waited for her. It might be impossible to avoid the holiday hoopla after all. By the time she reached her first toll booth, Ginny had given up the fight. She plugged in her phone and found a true crime podcast to fill the time. Who needs old St. Nick when you could have serial killers and nightmarish tales to fill the void? When she was halfway through Pennsylvania, Ginny's stomach growled so loud she barely heard the details of the investigation. With a pat to her rumbling belly, she pulled over to, the, to a small diner for a quick bite to eat. As soon as she stepped out of her car, she realized her mistake. While the building didn't look anything like her ex's restaurant, it had the same smell, the same atmosphere. Ginny shuddered as she opened the door and inhaled the aroma of french fries, stale coffee, and bleach. A chipper hostess in a blue uniform and holding a handful of menus greeted Ginny. Hiya, she beamed. Just one today? Pinned to the young woman's uniform was a Grinch pin and a holiday wreath that was flashing green and red. Ginny thought about the older woman from the Carvinal store and thought they would have been quite the festive pair. Ginny bobbed her head. Can I order something to go? She asked. The hostess nodded and handed her a menu. Have a seat at the counter and I'll swing back for your order in just a second. Ginny did as she was told and perched herself on the edge of a stool. Her jeans slid on the vinyl material and she felt her feet stick to the floor. Flicking the menu open, Ginny decided a wrap would be the easiest thing to eat while driving. Miss, I'm ready to order, she waved at the girl as she walked past with a pitcher of coffee. Nodding, the waitress sashayed past to place her order. Do you want any pie with that? We make the best shoe fly pie you'll ever have. Ginny didn't doubt it, but her appetite wasn't ready for sweet desserts. Her two years living in the city had shown her that her pant sizes varied greatly when home-baked desserts were involved. She declined the pie and turned her attention back to her phone. There were a few texts from work inquiring about how long she would be on leave. Another text from her dad saying he was excited to see her and would have a late dinner ready on her arrival. Ginny replied that she was five hours away and dinner sounded great. Her father loved to cook when she was in town and she knew he was waiting to flex his culinary muscle. Her texts from work were harder to answer. Ginny didn't have an end date for her visit back to Buckeye Falls and that scared her to death. Since moving away, she had made a point to plan her visits around an event. In this case, it was her father's hip surgery. She, he wouldn't be able to take care of himself for a few weeks, and Ginny couldn't stand the idea of strangers uh, ask, helping her father. He was her father. It was her responsibility. The biggest reason she wasn't ready to go back to Buckeye Falls had everything to do with the diner she was currently sitting in. Well, not this place specifically, but another one. Max and his beloved diner were in Buckeye Falls. The diner, which didn't even have a proper name, was the focal point of her hometown's food scene. Her hometown was so small, its most popular restaurant didn't even need a name. The diner, which sometimes felt like the real love of Max's life, was going to taunt her. Deep down, Ginny knew she shouldn't begrudge her ex his success, as he likely wouldn't begrudge her hers. While tapping her fingers on the countertop, she battled uh, a metric ton of roiling emotions. Frankly, she wasn't sure how far to delve into those thoughts, it seemed dangerous, like poking a hibernating bear. But through Jenny's musings, one fact stuck out the most. She was curious to see how Max was doing. Was he happy? Was the diner a success that she assumed it was? Did he miss her? Had he met someone? Wait, she sure, certainly didn't care if he had. That changed nothing in her mind. And yet, yes, she was not ready for a Buckeye Falls reunion. She sighed to herself, ready or not, here I come. Aside from wanting to avoid a certain dining establishment, Ginny's palms slicked with sweat for a bigger reason as she, or another reason, as she grew nearer her destination. She hadn't reached out yet to tell Max that she was coming back, even if only temporarily. 
Despite her plans to avoid the diner, word traveled fast and she'd be outed in no time. She knew she couldn't hide forever, but damn, did she want to. After they divorced, the pair hadn't stayed in touch and it felt foolish to reach out with her plans after all this time. After all, her plans were not his concern. Practicing her breathing exercises, Ginny leaned back and inhaled deeply, centering herself. Even though it was foolish to think she could control the outcome of her visit, she tried to picture the perfect stress-free trip home. She would avoid Max at all costs, would focus on her father. There, there was no reason to open old wounds and check in on her ex. Nope. Max was none of her business anymore. Now she just had to convince her heart that he was old news. And then there's a chapter break and we're going to go into Max. <laughs> Max Sanchez wiped his brow with the corner of his apron. The dinnertime rush was murder on Sundays. Takeout orders for family dinners were his biggest business, which kept him up to his elbows in pie crusts and roast beef. How much chili do we have left? About six cups, four if Evan's serving, Cece yelled over the din of the bustling kitchen. She was also sweating in the heat of the cramped space, but her eyes were laser focused on the orders in front of her. Max could always count on Cece. Evan, his newest waiter, stumbled into the kitchen and slammed his tray on the counter. I heard that, he grumbled as he dipped the ladle into the bowl. It's not my fault that I want to give the, gener the customers generous portions. Max bit back a grin and shook his head. I wouldn't worry about us being too generous, but it is our busiest night, so try not to give out bowls if customers order cups. Trying to be diplomatic with Evan and Cece was difficult because Max liked them both so much. Cece was a trained pastry chef, and Evan was just starting out on his own. Max strived to keep the peace at all costs as often as he could, especially when it was in his own kitchen. When Evan was out of earshot, Cece leaned over the counter towards Max. We better get out the soup we made for tomorrow. Helen said there's a line out the door and that's not counting any of these takeout orders. Max agreed with her, but turned his attention back to the station. Dozens of plates waited for their meals, but Max was slow on his feet tonight. When Harold called that morning, it threw Max for a loop. He knew his ex-father-in-law was having surgery soon, but he didn't know who would be taking care of him while he recovered. Of course, it made sense that Ginny was coming home to help. Harold was her family and she was his only daughter. It just surprised Max how much it gutted him that she hadn't reached out to him on her own. Much like the dwindling pot of chili, Max's relationship with Ginny needed some attention before there was nothing left to salvage. He missed her deep in his core, but he didn't know how to reach out and tell her. Deep down, he knew it wouldn't make a difference. There were ample reasons they were no longer together, all of which Ginny would be happy to recite to him as soon as they saw each other. But that was the problem. They never saw each other. Over the last two years, Ginny had avoided Buckeye Falls like the plague. He'd heard through the local grapevine when she was visiting Harold, but she never stopped by the diner, never called to see how he was doing. There wasn't even so much as a birthday text. Max had, ne uh, had never asked Harold, but he was sure that Ginny didn't know that he and her father were still close. Even after all this time, Max couldn't believe how little he knew about the most important woman in his life. A rough year in their marriage erased years of friendship and love. If he allowed it, Max knew he could stay up for days obsessing about what went wrong, who was to blame, and how he'd missed the cues that he'd been on thin ice. He wasn't too proud to admit he bored, bored his former father-in-law one too many times on the subject. Poor Harold. Tuesdays, where the when the diner was closed, Max would go over to Harold's and make dinner. They would watch whatever game was on TV and talk about the good old days. Even though Ginny wasn't around, Max could see her in the details of the old house. From pictures on the mantle to stories and updates Harold would share, Max knew enough to feel like he still knew his wife, well, his ex-wife. The most important thing he knew was that she was still single. That tidbit shouldn't put Max at ease, 
but it did. Knowing there wasn't a special man in Ginny's life let a tiny kernel of hope bloom in his chest. It didn't matter what the Ohio court said. Ginny still felt like his wife. Of course, he tried going on a couple dates. Those stilted outings were awkward and uncomfortable, and he always felt like he was cheating. It was taking, up, it was taking far too long for his heart to get the memo that his brain had accepted long ago. Much like that serving a chili, Max was flying solo. Did you hear what I said? Cece asked, a pair of tongs pointed towards Max's torso. Shaking his head, Max cleared his throat. Uh, no, sorry, what was that? He tossed a handful of parsley onto a plate and slid it to the edge of the counter for Evan. Make sure you add an extra pat of butter for Mrs. Henderson, he ordered. Cece put her hand on her hips and stared at her boss. I said, we're almost out of hash browns. Do you want me to start new ones or is it home fries tonight? Max wiped his hands on his apron, stalling for time. Things were getting too busy for his head not to be in the game, and he hated to waste time on chopping potatoes. Uh, let's go with uh, home fries, he said. Tonight, potatoes are potatoes. Cece nodded, and she, but she arched an eyebrow at Max. Will do. Before she stepped away, she lowered her voice and asked, do you want to talk about it? Max stopped cho chopping, his knife raised in the air. About hash browns? Groaning, Cece shook her head. No, about the real reason you're not listening. I heard a certain city slicker is headed back to Buckeye Falls. And if you don't mind me saying, it's messing with your mojo tonight. Max wouldn't give Cece the satisfaction of admitting defeat. I don't know what you're talking about. And why are you talking like we're in an old-timey Western? Cece rolled her eyes and pulled a bin of hash browns from the chiller drawer. If you want to play coy with me, that's fine. You're the boss. I just think it would be healthier to talk about your feelings instead of not chopping enough potatoes at the beginning of our shift. Max knew she was right, but his pride got the better of him. If Ginny is back in town, that's her business. It hardly has anything to do with me. As soon as the lie was off his lips, his knife skidded and nicked his thumb. Mumbling a slew of obscenities, he ran to the sink and the first aid kit. The cut was tiny, but the lack of focus frustrated him. This was nothing. It was an honest slip up. Damn, now he was stuttering. Max closed his eyes and tried counting back from 10. Frustrations were high, and that's when his old nemesis liked to come out and play. His stutter was hardly a well-kept secret, but he had been so good at controlling it. Fortunately, Cece was familiar with the problem and was kind enough to change the subject. If you're okay, I'm going to go help Evan take orders. She hits your thumb at the now full uh, prep station. We're all set in here for now. Max met her gaze and smiled, truly happy in that moment to have a, such a good friend on his team. Cece and Max didn't always see eye to eye in the kitchen, but he knew she had his back. Thanks, he said, pulling his attention to his bandaged finger. Tell the Martins their steaks are almost ready. With a nod, Cece disappeared into the dining room, leaving Max alone with a throbbing thumb and a million racing thoughts. Could he survive a visit from Ginny? More importantly, could he survive not seeing her while she was in Buckeye Falls? They had been a couple for over a decade and friends for a lot longer than that. It just seemed so cold and hurtful to avoid each other now. Harold was going to have surgery and Max knew his friend was worried. Recovering time, prepping the house for recovery, there were a lot of moving pieces. Back when, they were when there were family emergencies during their marriage, they were a team. When Ginny zigged, Max was zag. Now it felt all wrong, like he was watching his old life play out without him. He liked to help the people that were important to him, but he knew he wasn't welcome anymore, and that stung. It shouldn't have after two years, but it still did. Come and see me, he muttered to himself. Don't be a stranger, Jin. Squaring his shoulders, Max went back to the matter at hand, finishing searing the steaks. The diners were counting on him, and he would not let them down. That was the end of the first chapter. Wonderful. Wow. <laughs> what a great story. I love, I love romance stories with conflicted men in them. Me too. So, good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome.
So tell me, what was the hardest part for you about writing this story? I think the hardest part was making Ginny likable enough. I mean, obviously not every character has to be likable, but there would be moments, and especially when I was going through the last round of edits um, with my editor, there were a few scenes where I'm like, ooh, even, I, you know, I, I, why would Max want her back? She's awful. So, there, you know, I was trying to, you know, and I don't want to give away her backstory, but, you know, there's stuff that she's working out and I, I was trying to make her relatable and likable enough. And then I would say keeping her likable was was the hardest part. So um, hopefully I succeeded. But <laughs> that's that's really interesting because with a lot of romance authors that I speak with, it's more difficult making the men likable. So yes. now I'm super intrigued to read your book. <laughs> I want to yeah. see how you handle that twist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased that you were able to join us today. Thank you so much for reading. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. I look forward to you coming back again. Absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.